Okay. Okay, so up to Daf Lamed Dalad, and we'll start again from the two Dafs on the bottom of Daf Lamed Gimel Beis. So the Mishnah said, "Ain Malab Nesra Ofni." You're not allowed to heat up tiles. They used to use tiles to roast food on. They would cook up the tiles and then put the food in the tiles. So you're not allowed to heat them up in Yonta, which it seems very sure, because why not? So the Gemara said, "Two Pshat." My Kavod. Omer Rabba Bar Barchana. Omer Biechun. Hocha Bar Ofim Chadosh Maskinon. We're talking about new bricks. Because you still have to check whether or not they can handle the heat, meaning sometimes you heat up a new brick and it cracks from the heat. And therefore, if you're going to heat up the brick and it's going to end up cracking, it's going to come out that all the work you did was shalil serfiyamtiv. And therefore, you, uh, that's awesome. So therefore, you're not allowed to heat them up, but that's the nuance. The Amrila, another pshat, nation sorech lechasmon. You have to harden them, that the brand new bricks, we're still talking about hard new bricks, the first time you heat it up, it really is the Gemar HaKli, that's how you finish baking it and making it ready, and therefore, it's also because of ticking Kli, it's Makavapatish, you're creating a Kli on Yom Tov, so you have two Pshatim, either because it's going to come out as a Chshash of Tircha Shalei Lutzayrich, if you're going to work and heat it up, and it's going to crack and it's for no purpose, or because you're actually creating the Kli, Al Yadei, this, heating it up, those are the two Pshatim. So now, as we saw yesterday, and now we're going to bring a Mishnah, and we're going to try to relate this Mishnah that has to do with Trefus to this Halacha. The Halacha is that if you have a Trefa, an animal has an internal Trefa, so it could technically live for up to a year, and today we have Trefas, we have animals that live even longer than a year. However, there is one type of Trefa that cannot live more than 24 hours, and that is if something gets smashed, like a bird gets thrown against the wall, so then there's a shash that had risikei barn, that its limbs totally liquefied, and if that did happen, it won't live for more than 24 hours. So it's a very easy method of being baidik, without shechting, it's just you have this chicken that someone picked it up in a rage and threw it against the wall, so you wait 24 hours, if it's still alive, even if it doesn't look very healthy, if it gets up and flies away, you don't have to worry about it. But if it's lying there half dead, but if it manages to live for 24 hours, we know that there's no chash in Risa Kevon. So that's Halacha and Hilchus Trefus. Now, even though we don't have to worry once it lived for more than 24 hours for Risa Kevon, but there's still the possibility that one of the other types of Trefus that could pass away, Masha, let's say, has a broken wing in the wrong spot, could be considered a Trefa or a broken spine, different things. So since this animal is obviously not very healthy and it was thrown against the wall, there's still the possibility that something else went wrong. So the main shash that it got totally, its limbs were liquefied, we don't have to worry about it, but there is a possibility of other trefas happening also. The question is whether or not we have to be worried about it to do badika after you shechted to actually dismember and check the carefully this animal to see if it has any problems. So it says in the mission of it's not hostile. Dorsa, if a person stomped on a chicken, or he threw the chicken against the wall, or if another animal came, a big animal came, a cow came and gave the chicken a wallop, and it's still hopping around, that means it's not healthy, but it's still alive, and then you waited 24 hours, so there's no longer chashash of risake for him, and you shechted it, is that once you wait the 24 hours, we're not worried about risake for and now we don't have a problem, you shechted it's kosher. So that's the Tanakam. Mishum Omar Belazar ben Yana, Mishum Belazar ben Antignus, Tzricha Bedika. You still need to check it. Now, you're not checking it for Risa Kevarim, but you still have to check it to see if maybe 
it has a different trefer, right? If you look at Rashi over here, Rashi says, Maybe roiv, the majority of its ribs, ribs are cracked. Maybe its spine broke. You still need to wait 24 hours. Because if it was thrown against the wall, and this could be sometimes a problem, they unload the kaparis chickens, they're very rough. And also even in the chicken factories, they throw those crates you can have the shayla, and the problem is, you know, if it's, if you let the chicken loose and you see it walking, you see, you know, if it walks, it's healthy, but if, you know, they're throwing the crates around and they're just taking right out of the crate and shechting it, you might have a real problem, especially if it was, you know, high enough, it's more than 10 talking, it could be a serious issue. But I'll call upon him, and that type of chafer, the halach is, you can't eat this chafer of risikevarim, that the limbs somehow got really, not, doesn't liquefy in the sense that you could see, but the limbs are totally dismembered, that you can't check for. The only way to check is see if it lives 24 hours. It's called liquefied limbs. doesn't mean literally liquefied. It just means that the limbs are somehow dislocated. There's no, you don't see anything. It's lived 24 hours and this didn't happen to it. The Kimler Abonon, we Sinai, we have a Kabbalah from Sinai, the Rizkevorm, Enechai, Meisleis. Abel Sharmin, Shevekai, Chai, Kulshin, Masachayish. Every other type of Shevek lives for at least 12 months. So I'll call upon him. The Tanakama holds, we're only worried about Rizkevorm, so once it lives 24 hours, there's nothing to worry about. And Rabbi Lazarus, Rabbi Yanai, in the name of Rabbi Lazarus, Ben Antignus, says that you still need to do a bedika for other types of Shevek. Right? So, so far we said, Halach and Hilchus Yontiv, we said, Halach and Hilchus can I shech this chicken on Yontif? Do I have to worry that there's enough of a reyesa here? According to the sheet that holds, you have to be boidik for a regular tray for the maybe old rims are cracked. Is there enough of a reason to be chayshish that maybe I shouldn't shech it on Yontif because maybe I'll shech it and then I'll be boidik and it'll turn out that everything I did was for naught because this animal's a tray So me machzikin and reyesa beyond the when it comes to Hilchus Yontif, are we worried about a reisa? Are we worried that there's something that tells us that you should be worried something's wrong? Maybe there's going to be a trefa. Do we worry about that in Yontif or not? Meaning, is that a reason not to shecht it? Because maybe it will turn out that you shecht it for nothing. So now the Gemara is going to try to bring a raya from the halacha we just said about heating up the bricks. We said you're not allowed to heat up the brick because maybe it will crack. So it's like the Gemara, it's the same halacha. Amalei, tanina. It's beferish mishnah. Aim lavenes or often. We said you're not allowed to heat up the bricks to use them to roast them on them. Vavinam Bomi asked Michael, what's the problem with heating up bricks? And the terrorist Rabbi Rachana said is that we're talking about brand new bricks. Because a brand new brick always has the potential to crack. And you don't yet know if it's going to be kaim. And maybe you'll heat it up for no reason. So what do you see? You see that on Yantiv, I'm not going to let you do something if there's a possibility that it will go wrong it will end up for nothing. We don't let you heat up the brick because maybe the brick will crack and it turns out you heat it up for nothing. So the same way it should be Osir to shech this chicken that was thrown against the wall because maybe when you're going to discover that it has a cracked spine you're not going to be able to eat it and all your shechit was for naught. So L'chaira Rib Ami Shaila so I'm sorry, Rib Yirmi asked Rib Zaira so Rib Zaira told him L'chaira Yirshaila is off on a mission. So, 
So Rav Yirmi answered, no, you can't answer my question from the mission of Ein, Malabinus, or often they can't heat up the bricks. Because Anan, because I learned Pshat in the mission like the second Pshat that Gemara brought up here. Nation, Sarach Lechasim, Asnisimah. I learned Pshat in the mission of why you can't heat up the bricks. It's not because of a Suffolk, maybe the brick will crack, and if the brick cracks, it turns out it did work for nothing. I learned that you're not allowed to heat up the bricks because you're doing a Vade Malacha of Tik and Kli. You're completing the Malacha of making this brick into a solid brick by heating it up, and you have a brand new brick until you bake it in the oven. It's not really complete. So this is a whole different halacha, and therefore, Reb Ami Shailu, which was, are you allowed to check this animal in Yomtev? We, we did not bring a raya, we, didn't, we weren't placed the Shailu. Now, if you do learn like the first Shailu, it's a raya, but Reb Ami says, I didn't learn like the first Shailu, so therefore he still has a Shailu. Oh, so now we're going to move on to discuss another halacha. So the Gemara leaves it in, in conclusion? Right, the Gemara leaves it inconclusive whether or not you're allowed to check this animal on Yomtev. Why don't you just say rov? In other words, the, the, I, I'm not an expert, but uh, when you say that most animals don't have, assuming most animals don't have trefas, that's why you could check the regular. If you're a regular chicken, you could check the young. But this chicken is something threw against the wall, and since then it hasn't been. Oh, working. it has to be some, one it's, that it's, was it's in bad I shape. I got it, I got it. Now, the Gemara is going to bring another halacha, and it's going to connect it to this halacha that we just said about heating up the bricks. Tanya, we have a price that's as follows. Let's do that shabbos. Echad or One person brings the flame. Echad neviyasa eitzim. Someone else brings the wood. Echad seifsa sekadeir, and someone else put the pot on top of the flames. Echad neviyasa ma'im, and someone else pours water in the pot. Echad neviyasa sekadeir, and someone else puts the spices. Echad megis, and someone else goes ahead and stirs the pot. Kulan chayavim. They're all chayiv. Each one of these people did a malacha of Bishel and Shabbos, a malacha of Isser and Shabbos. Now the Gemara is going to ask, now most of them are pretty posh, right? If you, the person who lit the fire, so he was over for Maver. The person who put a, the wood on the fire, that's also Maver. The person who put water in the pot that's on the fire, so he's cooking the water. The person who put in the spices is cooking the spices. The person who mixes it, so mixing something on a flame on Shabbos, is megis, it's considered memar bishul, it makes it cook quicker, and therefore that's also considered mais and bishul, right? included in the malach of bishul is making something cook quicker, mixing it makes it cook quicker. So all these people is very understandable what they did wrong. The one we're going to have an issue with is what did the guy do wrong who just put the pot on the flame? But before we get to that, the one has a problem as follows. The one has a problem that we have a brisa that says total, the exact opposite. We have a brice that says only the last guy is chayiv. Everyone else is potter. Now, this seems bizarre. It's like, for sure, the guy who lit the fire is chayiv. How could you say that the guy who lit the fire is potter just because he didn't put the water in and stir it? It doesn't make any sense. So it's like the Gemara Lekasha. The brice that says everyone's chayiv is talking about when the first step was bringing the fire. So then you know, I put the water in the fire and I put the water. Everything after that is already molochadir ice. The case where everyone else's potter is because the last thing that was done was the fire was lit. So when I put the pot on the fire, and the wind is on fire. I put water in the pot. The pot doesn't have a fire. Every, every step along the way is not an Issa Shabbos. It's only the guy who lights the flame that's an Issa Shabbos. Now, Bishlama Kulukav Dimaisa. I understand that every step of the way is either Havara or Bishl. I will say if it's a second day, or the guy who just put the pot on top of an empty pot on top of a flame, Maika Ovid, which Malacha did he do? So we're talking about a brand new pot. And the same issue that we had in our Mishnah, that when you heat up the bricks, you solidify them. That's the Gemara Malacha, that's the Makkah of the bricks. So over here also the pot, the brand new pot, has to be heated up once 
to finish off its malach, right? That's uh, the, the famous Liberty Bell, is that it wasn't done properly, and the first time they gave it a crack, it got a crack. It's the biggest hoax in, in the whole world. They bust people to see this stupid little bell is a crack. <laughs> but I'll go upon him. Sometimes you make a clee until you actually test it and, uh, and, and heat it up. It's not, uh, it's not complete. Metal cable, they used to, they heated it up, and then they put cold water in that. I, think they, they, I don't know if they still do that. The blacksmith after is heated up, dip it in the cold water, and that really solidified it. Turn up on Tanner Vikirayim Chadashim, a brand new oven, or a kira is a different type of kira. Kira just has a slightly different shape and size. Chadashim, if they're brand new, so they're not yet solidified, they're not strong yet. They're still mutter to move them on Shabbos, they're not muk, so even though and, and they're, they're, you can't bake in them, because you could still you could use them as a, something to hold, you could store apples in them. I will insoch and isen b'shemen, but on yontiv you're not allowed to. Shabbos also, but even on yontiv you're not allowed to smear them with oil, which is part of this process of making them solid. And, and as they they smear with oil, they intosh and isen the matlos. At least used to sand it down with a thick cloth. Ve'ein mafigin isen b'tzainin, and you're not allowed to when the first time you have a brand new oven, so you heat it up and then you pour cold water, and that solidifies it. Kdei lechasman. So all the first three halachas make a lot of sense. These are all malachas of makavapatish of asias kalim, which we're talking about. It's all awesome. But then the brayse has a chiddush. The brayse says that I have this brand new oven. I heated it up. Now, really, the way to finish off this oven is I take some freezing cold water, I pour it on this boiling hot oven, and that finishes off really hardens it. Now, that should be us in yantiv because it's makavapatish. Despite that, the brayse says that if my purpose is not to finish off the oven. My purpose is that it's just too hot to bake it. And, you know, the matzah ovens are so hot that, you know, the matzah sometimes catches fire when you put it down. So if you want to bake, and I'm interested in baking shmur matzah, you want to have a normal loaf of bread, so you have to cool it down. So you want to pour cool water to cool it down. So then the halacha is that's mutter. I, didn't we just say that you're not allowed to put cold water to solidify things? So Taisa asked the kasha, and Taisa says, oh, uh, Um, we said earlier that you're not allowed to heat up the bricks, even though what was the whole point? I wasn't heating up the bricks to complete the bricks. I wanted to roast my fish on the brick. I didn't care that making it solidified. So what's the shot over here? Since your intention is to roast bread, it's mortar. And over there, your intention is to roast fish. It's also it's the same loch of completing the cleat. So it's like, tell you, see, you have to say there's a difference between Bricks and oven. The tanner kiven do oisal yedei mashkin shani the ene vadechaisman because this way of solidifying by pouring cold water that's not a vada it's only a suffix so it's a suffix b'makim simchas yontov in your oichel you're not saying a meschavin I'm trying to do that that's motor mashein came when it comes to heating up the bricks it's a vada that baking a new brick is going to solidify and that's why it's also even though your intention is not at all to solidify it's still going to be also. Mulgin. So now we're going to talk about more things that are Osir and Yantiv because they look like Malachas Chayel. And when it's Mutter and when it's Osir. So Tanrabon. Mulgin is a Roishas or a Glaim. When you have the head of an animal or the feet and they have skin on they have a lot of hair on them and you want to get the hair off. So what do you do? So different methods of getting it off. Either you can pour boiling water on it or you can singe it in the flame 
or you could rub it with some sort of defoliant. So, you're allowed to pour boiling water on them to get off the hair. Or you can singe the hairs in the flame. You're not allowed to smear it off with a defoliant, a, a hair-removing ground-up charis, earthenware. Not a certain type of earth they use it, not with the plaster. You also can't just cut the hair off with a scissor. Why not? Because it looks like you're trying to use the hair, the kavanas to use the hair for something. That's why it's also. They had special garden shears that they used to use to cut the vegetables off the ground. Now, let's say you have a vegetable that you picked yesterday. But there's a whole bunch of, you know, you picked the cabbage yesterday, and there's a whole bunch of rotten leaves. You want to snip them off and trim it with this special scissors. So the is that you are not allowed to trim it with this special scissor that's meant for cutting it off from the ground, because then it looks like you cut them today. And the same thing, if you use the defoliant to take the hair off the ration or glime, it looks like you're doing it for the purpose of tanning the skin. So anything that looks like you're doing, you're not allowed to do. Avo, you are allowed to do, even though it entails a tremendous amount of work. Different types of vegetables that take a tremendous amount of labor to prepare. You're allowed to prepare. Do they have a taich for these vegetables? Types of vegetables that have a lot of work? Exactly. Just tell you what Rashi says. Okay. You're allowed to bake in a tremendous oven that took a lot of work to heat it up, even though it took a tremendous amount of work, it's motor. You're allowed to heat up hot water in a very large metal clee that used to have the ability to keep things to keep things hot for a while, even though it could technically keep the hot water hot. Once you heat it up, it was like a big china, it would keep the, food, the water hot even past Yantiv. That's motor. However, you're not allowed to bake in a brand new porny, that's that big giant oven, because then there's a shash that maybe it's going to uh, split and crack when you heat it up. And it's going to come out that all the work you did was for nothing. You spend all your koiches heating up this oven, and uh, you can heat it up, and it's going to break, and you did work shaloy l'tzayrich, all they say it's going to come out, you're not going to have some tosiyantim, the way food's going to be ruined, but I'll call upon him. Rashi says, because it's going to come out, you did too much work for no reason. Ton you're not allowed to fan the flames with a bellows. Uh, they say is a bellows? Yeah. yeah. Oh. And the reason is because that looks like what the blacksmith does when he does his work on, on during the weekdays. It looks like over the hill. We can take a long straw and blow at the flames. You're not allowed to fix a roasting spit, they can't even sharpen it. And these are all things, it's a clear, and I'll make it clear on Yantav. You're not allowed to crack up reeds. If you want to use, to just have some pieces of cracked reed to put between the grill and when you're roasting fish or something, and you want to make sure this roast, this salted meat, that it's going to, it cooks very quickly, and you're worried it's going to get ruined, so you want to put these reeds so it doesn't burn, you're not allowed to crack reeds for that because you're creating a sort of clay. You're allowed to crack nuts wrapped in a piece of cloth. You don't have to worry that maybe the cloth will rip. And the reason Rashi explains is because even if the cloth does rip, since it's not kirei al-nas there's no purpose for <coughs> ripping. 
it's it's not the ripping that's awesome the ice and since you're not trying to do that and not even sure what's going to happen so there's no issue you want to wrap up the nuts and smash them you can a hammer and smash up a whole bunch of nuts wrapped in cloth so they don't go flying everywhere that's moving so now, the next halacha we're going to move on to really has a lot to do with maestris, and really doesn't seemingly would have not very much at all to do with the halachas in the middle of the middle of the halachas technically. So the reason that this halacha comes in over here is because we saw that we had a heter from the Lezer of Shimon. The Lezer said that, that, I'm sorry, not the Lezer of Shimon, the Lezer. The said it was more makele when it came to gathering little twigs from your house and your chotzer for your firewood and for your toothpicks. So now we're going to say more cool sort of lesson. She says, He said another halacha where he's making when it comes to muksa, and that's why we said this halacha. Ah, so what's the halacha? So before we start the mission, just push it, so a few things. First of all, when you have Paris, that you leave out to dry, so once they're fully dry, they're edible. When they're, you know, the process, the raisins first, they become all uh, disgusting, they're not edible. But there's somewhere in between where they could be edible, but most people don't. If you say, I want to eat from them, so then they're not muksa. Now, another halacha, that's when it comes to muksa and Shabbos. Another halacha is, is that normally, if you have food that's tevil, you can't eat it, However, on Shvius, Shemitah, middle of Shemitah, so then there's no Chiv and Shum Samaisus, because it's not, it's, it's Hefker Paris. Hefker doesn't have a Chiv and Shum Samaisus. So on Shvius, if you go and get some fruits from the field, and you leave them to dry, those fruits do not need to have any, um, they don't need to have any Shum Samaisus taken from them, therefore, they're able to be eaten right away. Another halacha when it comes to Hilchas Shum Samaisus, is that Midiraisa, the Bichayev and Shum Samaisus, you have to have that had gemar malacha, and it was roy pnei abayis. That means it came in normally into the house. Midrabonim, they said that even if it's did not have gemar malacha, if you're going to make an achilas kva, if you eat in a permanent manner, if you sit down to have a suda from it, so then you mechuyi v'maisus, but only when it comes into the house. So now we're going to start, we're going to discuss a lot of these halachas, and zoktimish. V'oyed am rebelazer. On Erev Shabbos, that's Shvius. A person can stand next to these Paris that are sort of edible and sort of not edible. And the reason we're picking Shvius is we're making the point where there's no issue of Shumas and Ice, it's not Tabel. It's ready to be eaten as is. The only question now, didn't have Gemara Malach yet, so you weren't even up to Shumas and Ice, there's no issue of Shumas and Ice because it's Shvius. And he could say, he could say, I'm just going to eat from this pile somewhere tomorrow, and now he can take it, it's not muksa. The Chacham said, that's not enough to make it not muksa, you have to specify. After say, I'm taking from here to there, I have to say exactly which place I'm going to take, then it's not muksa. What's the Nekudus Machlekes? The Rashi says, Nekudus Machlekes, whether or not you have to specify where or not, is whether or not you say, Yesh Breyer, Belezer holds a Breyer, and therefore... Whichever ones I take, those are the ones I intended the whole time to take. And everyone say, no, aim braver. So, and you're not going to eat all of them. Most of them you're leaving to become fully dried out. Therefore, unless you say specifically which ones, it's mux. Ah. Now the Gemara is going to move over to talk about Hilchas Maiser, and then we're going to try to bring a Rai from this mission. So, Zak the Gemara. Tanan Hasim, we have a mission. You had a bunch of kids. They set aside some 
things they found in the field on Erev Shabbos to eat on Shabbos. Vishok Chuvaloi Isru, and they did not take Meiser. Lamotzei Shabbos Leyeichlu Elum Kain Isru. Lamotzei Shabbos, they're not allowed to eat them unless they take Meiser. Now, really, these payers, you're eating them in Achilles Arai. They never came into the Chatzayet, they're not really Mechuyiv in Meiser. However, the halacha is that Shabbos is Kaveil Atzmai. Shabbos makes every meal on Shabbos becomes inherently a Suda's Kvah. So therefore, the payers that you want to eat on Shabbos, you can never have an Echilas Ara. In Shabbos, it's always an Echilas Kvah, and it's Mechoyi Vemaisa. So the Chiddush of this mission is the kids set aside these figs to eat them on Shabbos, so they're Mechoyi Vemaisa, but then they didn't end up eating them on Shabbos. So now, can I go back and eat them Echilas Ara? And we say that once they're set aside for Shabbos, they're already Mechoyi Vemaisa, and it's too late. So even though you didn't actually eat them, but I set them aside for the type of achila, which has a din of achila's kvah, it's already chal on them, they got achiv meiser. So that's what the Mishnah is saying, that Matzah Shabbos, even though they weren't eaten on Shabbos, if you didn't take meiser, now they can no longer be eaten without taking meiser. V'tnanami, we have another halacha. Hamavir te'enim bechatzeroi, liksois, a person's bringing figs into his chatzim, on Shabbos, during the week. And his kavon is, he's drawing them out, and he's going to cut them, make them into dry wheels of things. So his son's daughter's family could eat with that from them. Not sitting down to a meal, just gnashing here and there. So we see that something that didn't yet have gemar malacha, even if it comes into the chotzer, is not chayiv in maiser. And we saw that Shabbos is Kaveya La'atzma. <coughs> so now we have a question as follows. Boi minei rovam irav nachmin, Shabbos ma'u shetikva muksa l'maiser. V'dover shloi nigmar malachtoi. Is Shabbos create a din of chiv maiser even on something which is not nigmar malachtoi, like these pears which are not fully dried out yet? Or do we say that just like in the Chatzar, even though he brought them into the Chatzar, which is usually uh, enough to make them Chayav and Maisa, but since they didn't have Gemar Malach yet, so they're not Chayav and Maisa. So maybe Shabbos also. In the first case, when the kids eat the figs, they're ready to eat. They're eating fresh figs. So that's why Shabbos is Kaveya. But if the Paris are not yet have Gemar Malach, does Shabbos create a Chayav Maisa or not? That was the Shabbos. So boy, my name Rovmir Nachman, Shabbos Ma'u Shetikva Muksa The Shabbos create on Paris which are Muksa, meaning they're not fully, they didn't have the Gemara Malachi yet, does it Kaveya and create a Chiv Maisa? Dorsh Lenigmar Malachi. Mi Amrinon, do I say, Kivim Dasiv, Karos Ala Shabbos Oineg, since the Pasuk tells us the Karos Ala Shabbos Oineg, Kava, so that creates a Kvias and inherent Kvias, anything you eat on Shabbos is considered Achilles Kva. Vafil Badorsh Lenigmar Malachi, and that would have the koyach, even on something that didn't have, it's not really a finished product yet, but since eating on Shabbos is automatically considered a finished product, it's considered kviyah since chayv and maiser, or maybe, maybe the koyach of Shabbos is only on something that had gemar malacha, all the work was done to it, but on something that did not yet have the work on it, was not complete, so maybe Shabbos doesn't have the ability to be kveya and create a chayv and so this is a shayla. The koyach of Shabbos, is it even stronger than the koyach of Chatzar? Or it's like the koyach of Chatzar? 
Because the chotzer, once you take something as nigmar lachting to the chotzer, it's chayiv between some ice and jabon, at least. And Shabbos makes something chayiv. The Shabbos have the ability, even if it's not nigmar lachting. So Amalei, Shabbos kevas, Shabbos is so strong that it's kevaya, bein bedavish nigmar lachting, bein bedavish lo nigmar lachting. Whether it had gemar malachta, didn't have gemar malachta, Shabbos is always kevaya. So Amalei. So Robert asked Nachum the Shaila, and Nachum told him an answer, but he told him to Misor. So he told him, well, who told you? Amalei, the aim of Shabbos dumi the chotzer. Maybe Shabbos is like chotzer. Who told you that Shabbos is more chotzer? Where did you get it from? Ma chotzer ain't kivas, just like a chotzer is not kivaya el v'dom shnigim malachtei. Al Shabbos like take el v'dom shnigim malachtei. Shabbos doesn't have any more power than a chotzer, just like a chotzer doesn't create a kivas from Meiser unless it's nigim malachtei. Maybe Shabbos also. So Amalei, so now Rav Nachman gave his reasoning. Amalei, limud aruchu biadenu, she Shabbos kevas bein bedavish nigmar malachte bein bedavish lanigmar malachte. We have a kabbalah that Shabbos is always kevaya, whether it's something was nigmar malachte, not nigmar malachte. That's the kabbalah I have. Limud aruchu biadenu that it's always kevaya. So this whole exercise was brought because now we're going to try to prove from our Mishnah one of the Tzadim of the Shaila. We're going to try to prove that Shabbos is Keveya even on something that's not Negev Malachli. Oh, how would we see that in our Mishnah? So don't forget, first of all, our Mishnah is talking about Muksa, meaning Paris that are not yet Negev Malachli. And in our Mishnah, the Mishnah, Dafka picks a case of Shvius, because in Shvius there is no Trumasamaisus. It sounds like in a regular year, if you would go on Arab Shabbos and say, I want to eat these pears, even though they're muksa, they're not nigma malachtai, they would be chayiv and Trumasamaisus. So in our Mishnah we see that even pears that are not nigma malachtai, once you are set them aside as Shabbos food, they're chayiv and Trumasamaisus, because that's not the case. Why did the Mishnah talk about Arab Shvius? On Shvius, Arab Shabbos Shvius. The only reason to mention Shvius is to get you out of the Meister trap. But if this is the type of Paris that since it's not Nigma Malachtai, anyways can't be Chayv and Meister, so why do we have to talk about Shvius in the Mishnah? The Mishnah's Mavor, that even not Nigma Malachtai in a regular year would be Chayv and Meister once you're Kaveh for Shabbos. What does it say in our Mishnah? And we can be Daik. Taima, why is it that it's mutter to eat it and there's no problems with Trumas and Maishas? The Shviyas, the Labari Suri, because it's Shviyas, where there's no din of Maishas, because it's Hefker. Habashar Shneshu, if it would be any other year, not Shviyas, Hachinami da Aser. Lechayr, it's from Vur and Armish, it would be Aser, and why would it be Aser? Because of the Chi of Maishas. My time, Lab Mishum, the Shabbos Kavah, must be, because even though this is Muksa, it's not Negram Lachta, but once you set it aside for Shabbos food, so then it automatically is Chayv and Maishas. So it's like, you want to know, that's not Pshat. You can't be for our mission. Our mission, the reason you have might you're right. You could be Bindayik in our Mishnah that saying, I'm going to eat these fruits on Shabbos, if it's not Shviyas, it would be Chayv and Shumas and But it's not because of the Kayich of Shabbos. There's a different reason. Shani Hasam, Kivan the Omar, Mikanani Oichel, Omar, since a person sat and said, I'm going to eat these pears tomorrow, so Kavalei that saying, I'm going to eat from here tomorrow, not just putting it away, he's saying specifically, I'm going to eat from here tomorrow, that creates a level of kviyas that works even if it's not nigrim malachtai. Right, Rashi explains, 
that Shani Hasam, the first wide line, the Iu Achshiva Bediburai Shikorachiva. Since I said this is, I'm going to eat from here tomorrow. So in my eyes, that means it's no long, it's not something that's not finished yet. It's not an unfinished product. To me, it's a finished product. I like half, half dry raisins. And because of that, that's why it's Kaveh for Maisa, and it's nothing to do with the Kaveh for Shabbos. And you can't be medayik anything about the Shaiyah from over here. Correct the Gemara, one second. If you're right, then just the fact that I say I'm eating this food tomorrow makes a chayv and meiser, nothing to do with Shabbos. Why do we have to say this halach about Shabbos? We could have said the halach about a weekday, that if I sit and I say I'm going to eat these pears tomorrow, so the chayv and meiser. Now the truth is, it's a funny kasha, because we needed to say the halach about Shabbos for the muksa aspect of the halacha. But the Gemara says that there's an, if there's a separate halacha that has that's nothing to do with Shabbos, you should have specified. By saying it about Shabbos, it makes it sound like a Shabbos halacha. So like the Gemara, no. Avada, the halacha, has nothing to do with Shabbos. And really, just saying that this is food is enough to make a chayv and ma'is, even though it's technically, most people say there's not nigmar malachtai, but once I say it's food, a machshavit is food, and it's shaykh to have a kvias, and therefore it's chayv and ma'isr. I... Why we mention Shabbos? It's like tomorrow is a different reason we have to mention Shabbos. Hakamash Malon, the Tevel Muchen who ate Shabbos. We wanted to tell you the halacha that Tevel is Muchen for Shabbos. Shem over v'tiknay mesukim. We're trying to teach you a new halacha that I would think I would have said me so. You ask me if I go to a pile of Tevel and I say this Tevel, I want to eat it tomorrow. Of course it's Muksa because it's also you have no way of accessing it. Kamash Malon, this Mishnah. By picking the halach and saying it about Shabbos, that even tevel is could be considered muchon and edible and, and not muksa, because the fact that there's an isadra abonim to take tevel doesn't make it muksa. Because if someone else will come along and fix it, it's only that there's an isadra abonim preventing me from eating it. Something that there's only an isadra abonim preventing me from eating does not become muksa. How do I see that halach from the Mishnah? Let's see Rashi. So look, Rashi, the bottom Rashi. We had to specifically say this halacha about Shabbos. To teach us a new halacha. That the Mishnah, by telling us a halacha, that on Erev Shabbos of Shviyas, when I say that I'm going to eat from here, I'm allowed to eat from there. So why am I allowed to eat from there? Because since it's Shriyas, there's no problem with Shumas and Maestras. If it wouldn't be Shriyas, I wouldn't be allowed to eat it. But why? Not because of Muksa. I wouldn't be allowed to eat it because of Shumas and Maestras. But as far as Muksa is concerned, it's not Muksa. It's Mavur from the Mishnah that the fact that I set it aside before Shabbos, even if it would be Tevel and it wouldn't be Shriyas, that would be enough to take away the muksa problem. I would just have a Shumas and Maisa problem. But that much would help me that if someone else comes along, the Isser, and it's Mafra Shumas and Maisa, then now I could eat it. So you could be Medayik in the Mishnah, Agav Orcha, the Mishnah is telling you the problem over here, that there is no problem because of Shriyas. It's Mashmah that the only problem there would be was is Shumas and Maisa's problem, but a muksa problem you'd never have. So Kamash and that's what we had to say, Salach about Shabbos. So Avada, when it comes to the Kviyas over here, has nothing to do with the Kviyas of Shabbos. The Kviyas is because I consider it a food. That's what the Mishnah is telling us. So the Mishnah is telling us three separate halachas. Halacha number one is that saying, according to Belezer, I'm going to eat somewhere from this pile is enough that it's not muksa. Even though the whole thing is not really 
technically edible thing. I mean, somewhere from here, yesh breir, it's not mux. Halacha number two, the Mishnah is teaching us, is that any food that I say, even though it's not technically nigmar malachta, it's not really edible, but if I say I want to eat from there, I'm considering it food, it's keveah for maizim, schayev and maizim, except when it's shriyas and there is no chayev maizim. Halacha number three that we can learn from this Mishnah is that the rest of the year, where there is, the rest of the years, where there is a problem of truma and maizim, Afal Pikein Muksa is not the issue. The problem is only Trumas and Maisus. And therefore, once I say that I want to eat from here, if someone else will come along and do an Isser and help me and be Mafa Trumas and Maisus, I'll be able to eat from these pears. Meaning, maybe it's only not Muksa. Like, meaning there's two ways that it could be Muksa. It could be Muksa because of Shavis, or it could be Muksa because of the Trumas and Maisus problem. Maybe yeah, but it can, if it's not 